Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is Tuesday, January 17th, 2017. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. When I did my misery index earlier in the year, one of the teams that was really high up there were the Texas Rangers, partly because they've never won a World Series, and also they've lost a bunch of heartbreaking games. No, No game was as heartbreaking as Game 6, obviously, of the 2011 World Series, where they were one strike away twice. And in fact, I, I did a, a, a blog post. I should have looked it up before I recorded this. I just remembered I did this as I'm, as I'm talking, where I recorded not just the time they were one strike away, but the times they were one pitch away, just where if a, a ground or a pop-up, something like that would have clinched the World Series. And every time the ball left the pitcher's hand was a chance to win it all. You know, I mean, that's a signature moment that slipped away for the Rangers. And when you have, when you, when you're that close to something, it really, I know I've used the prom from Carrie a lot as a, uh, as a visual representation, but it really is. You're on the verge of something wonderful and it becomes something terrible. And what was going to be the defining moment of your franchise in a positive way becomes the opposite. I mean, take a look at this last World Series we just had between Cleveland and Chicago. It has become the defining moment of the Cubs. It is the moment for Cub fans, for Cub history, for Cub legacy. Forget all the great players who ever played for the Cubs. If you ask a Cub fan, what is your favorite Cub team, they're all going to say in unison 2016. If there's one simple thing happened, uh... Carlos Santana, Jason Kipnis, Francisco Lindor, if any one of those three hit a home run, one swing of the bat, hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth of Game 7 of the World Series, then the defining moment in Cubs history would have been the Raja Davis homer and that homer as showing that the Cubs cannot win. That's, 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 them's the facts. That's how quickly a, the meaning of a game can flip. And the only way that you can erase that is by winning it all. The Aaron Boone home run for 12 months confirmed that the curse was real for the Red Sox. The interesting thing is we never got to see the long-term effects of the Aaron Boone home run because the very next year the Red Sox won the World Series. It immediately erased it. The Boone home run became a black and white clip to show, to build to the glory that was 2004. That's how, that's how fast you can erase something. Seriously, if Pedro being left on the mound, the Posada double, and the Boone home run had been allowed to fester for a couple of decades, that would have joined with Game 6 of the 86 World Series as the defining moments for the Red Sox. But they won the World Series, so it went away. So that's what you have to do to erase that sort of memory. You know, the, the Dodgers had a similar thing. The Dodgers had the 
uh, the two home runs that Niedenfuhrer let up in the 86 playoffs. The go crazy folks, go crazy folks home run by Ozzie Smith, and then Jack Clark's home run that just turned the series around, basically clinched it for St. Louis. For a while, because the Dodgers stunk in the two years after the 86-87, it was like, wow, are they ever going to recover from the Tom Niedenfuhrer homers? Yeah, they did, because they won the World Series. It's very easy to erase these terrible things. All you have to do is win it all. Now, the Texas Rangers are, and I've said this before, on the verge of having that incredibly memorable decade where they can say, wow, we were one of the dominant teams of this decade. And the only thing they don't have on their resume is that final out. I hate to say this at nauseum, but if they had gotten that final out, whether it's the catch by Cruz or if they struck out Berkman or whatever the heck it was, then Ranger fans could look back and say, hey, this could be our decade. They've won two pennants, thrown two more division titles, thrown a wild card. That's five, um, and that's including the, the wild card loss to Baltimore in 2012. That is... A, 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 they could say it's their decade. And that's not including the fact that they play a play-in game in 2013. But what that does mean is when you take a look at the times that they fell short, it has become a decade of absolute abject, slam-your-head-against-the-wall frustration. Now, 2010... There's no frustration there because going into 2010, they had only won one playoff game in their history. Not series, game. They won game one of the 1996 division series. And then after that, they didn't win squat. In fact, in the steroid era filled 98-99 uh, playoffs, where they played the Yankees in the division series in 98-99, they scored two runs. Two runs. Not two runs a game. The Yankees didn't hold two runs a game, which would be amazing because that team was just absolutely beefed up. No, they scored two runs total in those two years. They scored one run. Not one run a game, you understand. They were shut out two games, and they scored one run in another game in the 98 playoffs. Same thing in the 99 playoffs. They scored a run. In each one of those series. So the fact that they made it to the World Series, that they finally won a playoff series, and they, they finally beat the Yankees, and they got to the World Series in 2010, was, no matter what happened, even though they lost the World Series in five games, and they lost two games started by Cliff Lee, which is strange. Um, I don't think there's any frustration looked upon in that 2010 season. The 2011 season, of course, you know, they blew the series. And then there were the other underrated elements of frustration. They had a huge lead against the Oakland A's going into September, and they absolutely collapsed. I thought they were going to win it all in 2012. And the fact that they absolutely got swept by the A's to finish the season and absolutely overmatched A's team, won the division, and a stunned Rangers had to play the wildcard game where they got thumped by the Orioles... A year looked like, okay, they're going to win the World Series. Suddenly it's like, oh man, wait, what? 
And then the next year, they had to play a one-game playoff to play the one-game playoff, and they lost that to Tampa, which means if they just had won one more game, if they won two more games in 2012 and one more game in 2013, they'd have another division title, and I still think they would have won the pennant in 2012. Or they would have won another wild card in 2013. And then you take a look at 2015. Remember, they were up two games to none to Toronto. Up 2-0, going back to Texas. All they had to do was win one game at home. One. And they lost all three, culminating in the, 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 the bat flip. You didn't see me do it, but I did a motion, the bat flip by Jose Bautista. And, of course, last year, no one's going to remember this, but they had home field advantage throughout game. They would have, game seven of the World Series would have been played in Texas. Game seven of the ALCS would have been played in Texas. Game five of the Division Series would have been played in Texas. They had home field advantage in all three rounds. And they had lined up Darvish and Hamels to throw games one and two. And they got their butts kicked by Toronto. So, this is a decade of abject frustration for Texas. This is a decade where it, you know, the, the rug has been pulled underneath them. And for those fans, which I'm guessing many of them are Dallas Cowboy fans as well, they just got the rug pulled over them, uh, out for them, or, or around them, or where it, wherever it is from the Dallas Cowboys as well. So, I... I I like the Rangers. I'd like to see them do well. I have nothing against the Rangers. What do I have against the Rangers? I'd like to see. I'd like to see any team that hasn't won the World Series to win the World Series because I know how special it would be. But I also know what this team winning the World Series, what that would mean turning this team around, what this would mean for this decade. Suddenly, everything I just mentioned would be. It would be make it all the more sweeter. Now, they don't have a gigantic window of opportunity, the Texas Rangers. But there's one thing I think we have to just admit about this Rangers team. They have to go for it now. They have to go for it big time. Now, they've lost a few key players. They lost Beltran. They've lost uh, Desmond. They've lost Mitch Moreland. So you could take a look and say, man, they need to get a big hitter. And when you take a look at some of the, the, the free agents who are still available, there are some big-time sluggers who are out there who are still available. I mean, you can get marked, but, you, you know, the idea of putting Jose Bautista on this team is you know, kind of bizarre. But you know, the idea of putting Mark Trumbo on this team or someone like Chris Carter, who is hardly a great all-around player, but he could mash, or someone like Brandon Moss or, you know, just, just a, you know, a, a, a slugger like that put them into Texas, you know, that's, that's, you know, you could just wit, you know, you just close your eyes and you can think, oh, 30, 40 home runs. But here's the deal. If I'm the Texas Rangers and I'm coming off of two division titles and the only thing I need to do right now is figure out, forget division titles. We need to win it all. And you're going to be playing in a league where you have the Red Sox have been you know, stacking up their team. The defending American League champion Cleveland Indians have been stacking up their team. The idea of it being a super wide-open American League isn't really the case as it was a few years ago, or even last year. 
So you take a look and you say, they have to match up with Cleveland. They have to match up with Boston if they want to go on. They could probably, look, at. I think Houston's going to be a good team. I think California, I'm sorry, I still call the Angels California. I think California's going to have a bounce back season. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. But I think the Rangers are still, right now, the team to beat in the American League West for 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 two reasons. They're still going to have a good offense, even losing the players I just mentioned, and they have a one-two punch at the top of the rotation of Darvish and Hamels. Now, how long that's going to be an elite one-two punch, we, we have yet to see. But what the Rangers have to do is you take a look at like the available free agents. I just rattled off a few available free agents, you know, Trumbo, Chris Carter. I mean, look at. I don't know. If, I really don't know if you want to bring Batista into Texas, but why not? You know, I know he's flipped the bat and punched Odor and everything like that. Do you know what? Sign him to millions of dollars and say he's going to be the key. I mean, lots of players have signed with teams. Oh, I'll never play for that team. I'll never play for that. They bullcrap. Sign him. But do you know what? Don't focus on that. Don't focus on bats. Do you know why? You play in Texas. It's a hitter's park. It's a hitter's environment. And eventually, there will be some players who are going to be hanging around, who are going to be, oh, man, this, uh, you know, no one signed this guy. We could get this guy for close to nothing. And there are going to be some garbage teams in the National League. There's some terrible teams in the National League. And there's going to be some teams that you think are going to be contenders in the American League that could come stumbling on the gates. Okay, this is not their year. And they'll probably put all their players out for sale, like the White Sox did with sale, and say, who do you need? Who do you want? Hitters are always available. You can plug hitters into the team. And also... You got the likes of Gallo and a bunch of the other prospects we keep hearing about ad nauseum in the Rangers organization. Give him a shot. All right, you lost Moreland. Okay, plug in Gallo, see what he's got. If Gallo turns out to be a great hitter, great. You don't have to make a trade for a first baseman. Plug in one of your young outfielders. Plug in one of your young infielders. See what you got. You know, every year you see teams turn to young players and say, hey, look at that. We can actually we can actually count on this guy. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to make a big huge trade. You know, the player who you know, the players who are on the team in October are rarely the players who you break camp with. There's, there's always new players coming into the situation. Players who just sort of, you sort of plug into this, hey, look at that, he's starting for us now. But if I were the Rangers right now, what I would do is this. I would look at every available pitcher, every available free agent pitcher. Because after Darvish and Hamels, Nick Martinez, Martin Perez, okay, Derek Holland, Okay, the relief pitchers. I mean, Sam Dyson, all right, Tony Barnett, okay. I mean, there's 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 nobody that just sort of stands out. It's a very top-heavy pitching rotation. And it is a relief core that 
you know, did the job last year, but was hardly the type of team that you would rely on in a big October stretch. And so, at this point, you take a look at who's available, pitcher-wise. Are there any Cy Young candidates available? No, there never were. Rich Hill was the biggest one. But sometimes you pitchers have comebacks. Sometimes pitchers have that that burst of energy. Sometimes pitchers realize this is their last chance. Sometimes someone has a comeback. Sometimes someone's a free agent, and they you catch them at the right time. And if I were the Rangers, I would put an offer out to virtually everyone. Jonathan Neese, sure. Doug Fister, a couple of years ago, Doug Fister was a, you know, I don't know if he was an ace, but he was a, certainly a, a, a quality starter in the major leagues. Jake Peavy, okay, Jake Peavy would probably get torched in Texas, but I don't know. What if he has one good half season in him? What if he has a good two months in him? Jason Hamill, I have no clue what Jason Hamill is as a pitcher. None, zero. Sometimes he looks like a world beater. Sometimes he looks like a batting practice pitcher. I don't know. I don't know, but you know what? The best pitchers in this free agent class were Rich Hill and Ivan Nova. You know, there, there was no David Price available. There was no Zach Granke available. So they have two nominal aces. You don't know who's going to fill in that extra role. A few years ago, John Lackey looked like he was completely washed up. I did a whole video about how the, the Red Sox should trade him for a can of flat Sprite. But he turned around in 2013, had a solid 2013, helped the Red Sox win the 2013 World Series, helped the uh, Cardinals to go to the postseason and win a couple more division titles, and was on the 2016 World Champion Cubs and pitched well for them. You don't know. And in terms of relievers... I mean, Holland is still out there. Boone Logan is still out there. Sergio Romo is still out there. Fernando Salas is still out there. Jerry Blevins is still out there. Uh, old friend of the uh, Rangers, the guy who led up the Lance Berkman single, almost was the guy on the mound when they clinched. Scott Feldman's still out there. Joe Blanton's still out there. I mean, look, Joe Blanton had a good year as a reliever for the Los Angeles Dodgers. If I were the Rangers, I'd put out offers for like five or six relievers right now and two or three starters. Just make offers. Because you have to find that right combination. And some of them may bust. But do you know what? If one or two of them hit, you may have the team that wins it all. Because we're seeing that one of the keys to winning it all is the pitching depth which the Rangers don't have. The Rangers are good enough right now, I'm absolutely convinced, are good enough to win 90 to 93 games and win the division because I think they're better than Houston. I think they're better than the Angels. I think they're better than the A's. And I think they'll get their biggest competition from Seattle. You see what Seattle do it? Seattle's doing, they're, they're switching everything around. They're moving pieces around faster than the person with the, doing the shell game trying to find that right combination. And that's probably going to be the biggest competition for the American League West is the Seattle Mariners, another team that's never won the World Series. So it's all the perception of how your decade was is all based upon whether or not you have a title. That's not fair, but it's true. 
when you take a look, how will people look at the Rangers decade as opposed to the Kansas City Royals decade? Royals have won a World Series. The Rangers have not. The Red Sox have been in, have won a World Series. The Rangers have not. By all of the metrics, the Rangers have had a better decade than the Kansas City Royals, than the Boston Red Sox. But it doesn't feel like that, does it? Because all anyone remembers is that championship. So Rangers, you have a chance to make this your decade. But you have to be aggressive. Forget about beefing up your offense. There will be hitters available. Your farm is available. You play in a hitter's park. Sign Blanton. Sign Greg Holland. Sign Jason Hamill. Sign Jonathan Neese. And see what happens. Piece it together. Because the Rangers and the fans in that old Dallas-Fort Worth-Arlington area need a title and they need one pretty quickly. And if you win it, man, Texas could be a baseball era, area. I was going to say town, but I realized Texas is in a town. And I was going to, and I sort of switched it midway through, and it came up baseball era. I don't know what I'm saying. Except the Rangers, you're on the clock. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 17th day of January 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>